And we are back, officially. We're back, motherfuckers. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 69 <laughs> of A Saturday's Life Podcast, the honest guide to living and working abroad. I'm Leanne. And I'm Al. And we are back, We're officially. We're back, motherfuckers. <laughs> Well, so we've been away for three days, three days, three weeks. We were meant to be away for three days. Well, let's just tell the story. So, Leah, do you want to tell the story of us going to Zagreb? So we went to Zagreb. Which is the capital of Croatia, in case you don't know. Yes, it is. Um, We had some friends um, who live part-time in Croatia at the minute. They're moving out full-time in the summer, which is awesome. Hello, Kath and Dave. Hello. Um, So they were over. So we went up to Zagreb for a few nights, spent a night on our own a couple of nights with them it was fabulous it was lovely we had um the plavice legs plavice i think it's Plavice-y. called but that was like where we had we definitely planned that or we were yeah thinking? we had we definitely planned the sunday night there because mm-hmm. it was on our list of things to do before we left croatia mm-hmm. so we went there and when we were driving to from the lakes to where we were staying that night i think mm-hmm. I was like, oh, we're, we're only about an hour and a half away from Zadar, which is another city in Croatia that's on our list. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, should we just extend our trip by a night or two? And just then to we be can... clear, you didn't say that. You were quiet for about three or four <laughs> minutes. And then you went, shall we just keep driving? <laughs> I didn't. I said, should we just extend for a couple of nights? We're that close. It seems daft not to. And then <laughs> Al said. Fuck it. <laughs> well, if we're going to do that. We might as well go to Dubrovnik, which was five hours away. There was no reason to go to Dubrovnik. <laughs> it was a long, long way away. Just to give, if you're not sure of the geographic or the geography, that's the right word, of Croatia, um, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, imagine like Italy, but being pushed on its side. So Dubrovnik is Sicily, uh, Rome is probably Zadar, and then the very top, which is Verona, is it the top? Sure, Trieste? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that'll be sort of Istria. Um, so we live at one end of it, of uh, Croatia to the point where we're about 90 minutes from Slovenian border. And Dubrovnik is the other end, about 60 minutes from the Montenegrin border. Montenegrin? Montenegrin. I feel bad saying Montenegrin. I feel like they shouldn't use that word. I think they're allowed to because <laughs> it's in the name of their country. And it is also Balkan for black. Indeed. Moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Off so, to a great start. Yeah, it's gone we're well back. so far. So, um, reason we're telling you all this is that we went away for four nights. We stayed away for about a month. It was maybe just short of a month, wasn't just it? Just shy, yeah. About three and a half weeks. And there are certain things we learned. Now, the reason why you've not heard from us is because we didn't take our microphones with us. Uh, we didn't take our little microphone recording thing with us. Um, so we had we we could have recorded. In fact, we did record a really rubbish podcast on my phone i think which was like about three minutes long going hello we um <laughs> we, we messed up we were back soon um but we are now back in our house in istria and we've been talking over a few gins as if you regular listeners will know that is what we are want to do um and um we've come up with several things that we learned we, we learned some stuff when we ran away mm-hmm. from home mm-hmm. we did run away we did we did, we did. 
And we'll talk a little bit in, uh, towards the end about why we ran away from home, because I think that's really important. So if you are covering this, this is this can be a great episode for those people who are who have traveled a lot and then the pandemic has stopped them and now they've been in one place for a long time. This is a great episode for you because that apply. That's the same with us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always going to apply to anyone who's thinking of moving abroad and going, right, I'm going to go and find one place and live there forever. Um, that This is another this is a great episode for you. Um, anyone else? Any other demographics we can potentially touch with our uh, with this particular episode? I guess maybe people they want to know a bit more about Croatia and and the places. I'm not sure we'll go into much depth. I think that's another conversation for another day. But I'm sure we will chat about the various places that we spent time. Okay, so do you want to kick off and tell us what your number one of four things? We've got two each. Number one of four things that you learned when we ran away from home. Yes, I would. I would. I would. I'd enjoy that, Al. I would. Well, will you? <laughs> and sure. could you? Sure. And may sure. you? <laughs> so I think the the biggest things for me that I didn't really realize was that I was in some kind of hibernation mode or sleep mode after the two-year shit show we've been through mm-hmm. with the pandemic. And I think we... I mean, we took the very, you know, keeping ourselves safe, keeping other people safe very seriously because of where we got locked down. And when the vaccine came out, we didn't get our triple vax status until early this year. So I think there was a part of us that was just very much in the mode of, well, this is what we do. We stay away from people. We don't venture out too far. Yes, we do things, but we do them safely. And that was just the way we did it. And I'm glad that we did do it. It's a responsible thing to do. But getting back out there on the road, I just felt like there was a part of me that had been asleep for two years that suddenly like popped a head out and was like, oh yeah, there's a whole world out here. You used to travel full time. And it, it just, I felt more myself. And I know this sounds really changing, but I felt more myself than I have in a long, long time. And I think it was just really an important experience for us both to go through, to actually remember the life we used to have, appreciate the life we used to have, and wake ourselves up to the fact that, you know, the world is slowly moving on and these things are now possible again. And it's something that brings us joy and happiness and motivation and, I just, I just, it brought me clarity, I think. Mm. I think that's true because we, I think I said to Leanne when I came back, I was like, what the fuck am I doing in my life? Because I, I would spend like 20 minutes reorganizing the dishwasher. Uh, yes, the dishwasher, just to ensure that everything was in efficiently and we get as much in as we possibly can. And I think the second I got back, I was like, I st- stuffed four pans in there, six glasses, I went, sorry, it's going on. And I just realized that I just spent most, like the last year obsessing about stuff. And I can think it's kind of weird because I'm not a psychologist as Leanne is a psychologist. So she'll probably be able to unpack this a bit more. But I felt like I was worrying about things that are within my control, like the dishwasher, because there were a lot of things outside my control. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think I think we all experience parts of that over the pandemic whether it be loading the dishwasher whether it be taking more interest in your skincare whether it be speaking to people on a certain time on a certain day it's I think like you say it's those things that we can control suddenly became super important for us to control I mean that's probably a good 
holistic lesson um, to have as well is that if you find yourself, you are micromanaging parts of your life, then just ask yourself why, if you weren't always doing that, ask yourself why. Is it because you feel you haven't got control over broader aspects or other aspects or relationship or work or something like that? Yeah, I agree. So your first one you you learned was that you're in hibernation mode. Mm -hmm. That's lesson number one of four. Uh, Lesson number two with me was I realized that (laughs) I didn't need as much shit in my life as I thought I did. Now, when I say shit, I mean stuff. I don't mean like bad stuff because I've got a lovely wife, a lovely hound and a beautiful house and we live in a lovely country. So there's very little shit that happens in my life, thankfully. However, I realized that um, I have in my, um, Leanne calls it a mega desk because I have like a stand for a monitor, a monitor on one side, I have an arm for my computer on the other side. I have like keyboards, I have cameras, I have lights, I have all this kind of stuff. Um, And I realized I was actually more efficient working literally from my laptop because when we packed, just just to give you context, we packed for four days and we were away, away for almost four weeks. So we had to go and rush out and buy underwear at one point and we more did. T-shirts and stuff. Um, but in terms of work, we literally took out our laptops and our chargers. I think Leanne didn't even bring a charger for her phone. I didn't. I forgot no. it. Yeah. Um, so so we had to work with what we had. And I found myself much more, much more efficient, literally just sitting there opening my laptop and doing stuff than I did when I was sitting there with my my big fancy monitor and my this and my second monitor and my all my other bullshit I've got hanging around here. Um, and so that was a real big realization for me that I think I was probably this is a this is a warning that I might be getting a bit personal. I think I was probably filling my life with with stuff because I couldn't have the experiences that we'd had mm. previously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, what what do you think? I think that makes sense. Yeah, you're filling some kind of gap, in, and and as well as well, it was things to get excited about. There was very little to get excited about in the multiple months we spent in lockdown. So ordering a new bit of tech and waiting for it to arrive and setting it up that was an event. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember when I got my AirPods? That was like yeah, yeah. that was like a two hour event of like, well, let's unpack them, let's look at them, aren't they pretty? It's ridiculous. Lick them. <laughs> So yeah, no, yeah, it makes sense. It was something to do as well. But and and it's cool to have all your tech stuff and and do you think maybe it has it kind of re helped you reappreciate what you could do with the tech you have rather than perhaps just the day to day stuff you were using it for? Yes and no. Um I think we're sitting at a table here that I bought from a local kind of like IKEA style in um and, and I love this table, but actually We've got here, we've got like a podcast, like microphone arms, and it's all t- it's all tidy underneath. It took me like three days to make this, put this table together and, and nail all the cables underneath and all this. And I'm like, oh, this is great. This is great. But actually, when we were away, I thought all we need is our 20-pound microphone stand things, our microphones, which were a bit more than 20 pounds, to be fair, um, and our little recorder. And that's all we needed. And we could have done a podcast just as easily there. Mm-hmm. We don't need a podcast table. So I think there's kind of like one half of me appreciating the, the tech I have, but the other half of me is going, is looking and going, well, what do I actually need? And there's lots of stuff I want because I'm a super nerd, but there's not much I need. I've got a great camera for webcams, for meetings. It's a brilliant camera. And I've just, and I've spent probably three days setting up the lighting and the background and all that for it. I don't need that shit. 
you're on Zoom. No one expects you to look like, well, not that I did look like Robbie Down Jr. in the first place, but <laughs> no one expects you to look professional if you're on Zoom. They're just like, well, you're in Zoom, aren't you? Like, you, you, have, um, uh, you have someone you speak to quite regularly who, um, who doesn't really care about the background and the lighting and stuff like that. They're just like, um, but they're a really, really successful person. So you think, you know, let's just stop being a dick. And I think that's an important uh, an important thing for people to remember. If you are planning to live and work abroad in 2022 and you're looking around your house and going, how the fuck do I pick? How do I scale this down? It's exactly that. Like, what do you need to do your job? What do you need to live? What do you need to enjoy your life or your hobbies rather than those things that mm, it's nice to have, but I don't need them. Do you want to be interesting, um, an interesting experiment is that if you if you're sitting there listening to this or walking your dog or whatever or out and run or gym good for you if you're in the gym uh, listening to this then um have a th- just maybe consider going and doing a four weeks away somewhere um and just just take what you think you need and after four weeks you'll soon realize the stuff you really really need like we have a couple of coffee machines that we use one for milk one an espresso thing for milk one for like grounds and all that I did miss that. Yeah, I missed that. Too. I really missed that. But in terms of my piece of kit, which is here to the right, which is just, which is a pre-processor for the microphone that I've got sitting, I'm not talking to, literally the second microphone I've got, which is about 300 quid. And I'm there's like, three mics and there's only two of us. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't need this. I want it, but I don't need it. So I think it's really, really useful. Info. So what I, th- I think in summary, before I go on with myself, is that I'm trying to say is that the stuff you think you need, you probably don't. And then if you are listening to this and you've been in one place in, a, in, the, in for, for like a year or two years because of the pandemic and you've bought yourself a ice cream maker from a little. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> that's Leanne has. <laughs> then you realize when you pack up, no, you probably don't need your ice cream maker. You probably just go and Maybe buy your not. ice cream from somewhere else or your sorbets or whatever. <laughs> anyway, so the summary I think I'm saying is that I've learned, and I'm not judging you, but I've learned that I don't need 50%, maybe even 60% of the stuff I've got. I just don't need. Mm-hmm. What's your lesson number three, lovely Leah? So my number, my number two, our number three, mm-hmm. is work-related, I guess. And it's, I guess it is a downside of the incredible adventure that we had traveling, is work. And I think this depends on what you do for work, if you work at all, but we're self-employed, which means that our workload isn't always predictable. Mm -hmm. So the first 10 days or so, it was perfect. We were kind of getting up early. I know, not like us. (laughs) Getting up early, doing our work, finishing like mid-afternoon, heading out, planning where we're going to go next, experiencing things and meeting people. And then I think it was like week, the end of week two, being week three, that we both just got shit coming at us. And I think it was when we were in Zadar. It was the last week, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. We arrived in Zadar on Sunday evening. We didn't set foot in the old town until Thursday afternoon. That's true. But not even, not in the old town, not outside, within half a mile of our apartment. That's, that's just to walk the dog. And that was it. Yeah. Because we just had too much to do and too much to work on and proposals to send and fires to fight and 
And it's great, of course it is, because it's that work that facilitates the lifestyle we have. So if that happens, you sit down, you suck it up and you do it. That's just what you have to do. But I think for me, what was use a useful reminder, because we used to move around very frequently. We used to like one to two weeks at a time. And I think if you are considering a nomad-ish lifestyle and you have an unpredictable workload, my advice would be stay minimum two weeks in one place. Minimum. Because if you get a heavy work week, it's written off. And I, I must admit, I did leave Zadar feeling like I'm not sure we've had enough time to really kind of get to grips with it and see. We had a great time, we did some lovely things, but not in the same way we did other places. So I think for me, if we're going to, when we go back to a more transient lifestyle over the, the, the rest of the year, is actually planning our trips much slower and spending longer in one place, just to make sure that if we have that, that situation occur, we've got the time to enjoy it and we don't feel cheated. And also we don't feel too stressed or pressured to try and get shit done. So we have time to go and experience where we are there's no need to have that pressure on yourself you've got that flexibility there is no need to put that pressure on yourself just stay a bit longer if it turns out you've got loads of time great that's more time to relax or enjoy or you know get on a train and go an hour for a day trip there's there's options but just take that pressure off i think i think that's really really good advice and i think that if there's anyone who's either maybe i'm gonna say i was, I was gonna be ageist then i'll say anyone's younger but it could be older it could be our age i don't know so forget what i was just gonna say if there's anyone who is thinking i want to go and I'm, I'm i've been in this house for two and a half years i just want to go and see the world i'm going to go to india and i'm going to go spend three nights in every single place and get everything done in six months i would counsel i think we both counsel you to stop for a second and just think if, you, if you're not working, then maybe you could get everything done in three nights. But then the problem is you arrive in, I don't know, um, in Laos or Laos. I don't know how to say that. Is it Laos, Laos? I've heard them both used. <clears throat> in, in, um, uh, so you arrive there and then you realize in four days time, there's going to be a great festival, but you have to leave mm. in three days. You know, well, I would counsel you just to, just to, Calm the fuck down. Embrace the flexibility. <laughs> Embrace the flexibility and enjoy your time and just wake up and go, I will we'll move on when I'm ready to move on. And it's not that, particularly now with almost nobody flying anywhere, it's not that expensive to do things last minute. No, and there's, there's, there's always so many options of places to stay. And yeah, I think it's unless you're going to, there's two ways to do it, isn't there? There's either you have an understanding of your workload, you put in contingency time if things come in, and you exactly plan how long you're going to need in each place. Or you just keep it loose and flexible. Either way, it works perfectly, but I think it's just understanding that if, if you are self-employed, if you have a workload that can fluctuate, building that into your plans. Because if that happens and you've not got enough time, it's just shit. Absolutely. So just to summarize what we're up to. So the first one was your hibernation. Mm -hmm. Realized, and I think a lot of people will hopefully resonate with this, that over the last two years, they've spent more time at home than they have probably cumulatively mm -hmm. over the last 20 years. So hibernation. My my first one, i.e. number two, was stuff. Number three was about you. It's not really work. It's about ensuring that you spend enough time in one place. Mm -hmm. So I think my number four is people. And I think it's... 
I'm going to be really, the reason I took a pause there is that I want to be really clear that we do love Istria. We do. But Istria is, you know, we're, we're near Pula, which is the center of Istria, like the capital of Istria. Um, and it's still a tiny town by most standards. Mm-hmm. Um, we're out in the country in a lovely village that is full of tourists in the summer for about eight weeks, but then is a very sleepy village, seaside village for the rest of the year. And I think what we discovered was that when we went to Dubrovnik, for example, we met up with a lady called Barbara, um, who did our visa. Mo- love her. We are in love with that lady. She's amazing. Um, and we met up with Barbara, and she brought us to a meet-up with like maybe six or seven. It was just, I think it was just ladies, wasn't it? There was, I was only the only yeah, male yeah, there. Yeah, you were. Um, and, um, and they all had things going on. Mm-hmm. They had businesses, they had hustles, they had um, freelance gigs, they had whatever. And, jobs. And jobs, yeah. And we got more fired up, I think, after the 90 minutes of spending with them than we have done potentially for the nine months of spending in Istria. Now, I'm not saying don't go to Istria. Istria is beautiful, lovely, great. But it's like going to rural Wales, if you're from the UK, as opposed to Manchester. It's like going to Brisbane as opposed to Sydney, if you're from Australia. I'm not sure that works, actually. Maybe Brisbane's just as big, I don't know. But, you know, New York... City, New York, upstate, whatever it is, wherever you are from, you've got, if you're not careful, then let me just wind back a bit. Someone said, and I think it might be Jim Rohn, who said, you are the sum of the five people you spend most time with. And if you spend most time with people who are A, retired, or B, they're on their off season because they work really, really hard for like 12 weeks in the summer, and then the rest of the year they take off, it it kind of it kind of rubs off on you. Can you can you take, pick up from it? Because I feel like I'm losing my thread of what I'm trying to say. I think it's a bit of an extension of what I was saying with the whole hibernation thing. Like we picked Istria <clears throat> because it was quiet, because it was sparsely populated. We made this decision when the pandemic was still in full force and the vaccine was only just being rolled out. So we wanted space, we wanted safety. We were stuck in apartments or townhouses for the majority of lockdown before that. So we were like, well, if it happens again, we want space and a garden. And so we made that decision for space at a point where that's what we needed and we craved. And I think what we didn't necessarily anticipate or foresee is that that quietness, with that quietness can come complacency. I think if you are still working, if you are self-employed, probably more so if you're self-employed or if you have your own business, then motivation has to come from you. You've got nobody holding yourself to account apart from yourself. So it can get easy, and especially in the summer, it can get easy to kind of slip into that slow-paced way of life. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I would I would flip that advice and say the same to people who are considering living and working abroad and now retired or don't work or having an automated income. You might find a similar thing in a city where you're surrounded by people in the hustle. And you're like, this isn't what I wanted. It's what I've had for the last 30 years of my career. I just want to, want to slow it down. And I think it's, but again, it wasn't something that we realized being here. It was something we realized leaving here. And I think we had a similar experience in Split. Mm-hmm. Um, which is an incredible city. We'll we'll talk about Split another time because it is epic. Um, but a similar thing there. There's so much activity and energy and, and entrepreneurialism in it. It just fires you up. And I think if you are 
self-employed or have your own business and you're considering where to live in the world or where within a country to live for us and it might be different for you for us we got a lot of energy and inspiration from being around people who are still in the hustle we talked about work business more this is between the two of us yeah in those four weeks than we probably have in the last four months absolutely true I mean, there's someone once said to me, it's space versus pace. And I think that that you can look at that from both points of view. If you've lived in, this, in, a, in an apartment in central London, then you've not got much space, but you've got lots of pace. And you might want to then go and live in rural Berkshire where you've got lots of space, but no pace. But I feel like you need a balance, which is why I don't judge any more people who've got like bolt holes or what do they call it when they've got little, um, they've got apartments in the in the city. There's a fancy name for it and there's a french name like for crash pad crash pad things. pieda something is the other word I'm, I'm sure you're shouting out what the word is listener <laughs> um but you i feel like you kind of have both because if you're not careful then like spending time in history was incredible and i've absolutely loved it but i have spent a lot of time looking at the same flowers um and worrying and stressing about the dishwasher now i wouldn't trade it for a for the world i really wouldn't because that's what we needed after the pace of what we mm-hmm. had but it's kind of a yin-yang sort of situation that you can't have all yin or all yang. I'm just, can you? I don't know. Are you allowed to have all yin? I don't. I think you're allowed to have all yang, but not right. all yin. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So so go for the yin, but not, not all the yang. <laughs> um, but I think the point is that it's that we felt very different living in, for example, we lived in a, and to be fair, it was a, freaking beautiful apartment in Zadar. It was a it was a duplex with a roof terrace on one side and then the other side was a covered terrace with a hot tub in it. I know. Go was, to our Instagram if you want to see. It was yeah. cool. Now, we have to say this is off season, so we got it for about 700 quid for the week or something, whereas in the summer, it'd probably be more like seven grand for the week. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but just, just that made me realise that actually, like our house here, we've got parts of our garden that we've never, literally never been in. And I'm like, well, you know, do we need all that? Was it an ego thing on my point, my part, when we saw this place and going, imagine what people will think when they see this beautiful villa in its own land and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that we adapted and we ad- and we lived in a we lived in a one room for one night. Remember in um, Plitvice? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, and that was perfectly fine. And then we dealt with a beautiful house in Cortula that had got lots of terraces, but lots of wind as well. That was like wind rather than trumps. Um, <laughs> and so we lived in different places and I realised then, I think, that that if you're not careful by choosing a house, you're either basing it on slightly on ego or you're running away from the last place you stayed at and you want the opposite of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very true. And I think the takeaway for me is is more to be the risk of sounding like a psychologist ass. <laughs> I think you need to be present and you need to be mindful of like what how where you're living is impacting how you're motivated, how you're feeling, how you're living in day to day life, and actually realizing that that places can work for a time or a purpose. But actually thinking like, what am I missing out on? What if I'm feeling unmotivated, uninspired? Is that because of where I'm living? Is it because of the people I'm surrounded by? And I and I think for me that the biggest lesson I learned from that was actually that 
And I hope moving forward would be that ability to snap myself out of it. If I feel that way again, that I'm getting complacent, I'm getting a bit lazy, I'm getting a bit depressed, being honest, Mm -hmm. that I actually think, well, I can change where I am, where we live. We have that privilege. So let's do it. And what actually do I want? What is best for me right now? I mean, we're at a point where we're trying to build our businesses. We're trying to, to do important and cool and creative things. So we need that motivation. We need that inspiration. We need that busyness. In five years time, a different story, man. We'll be retiring to some fabulous villa in Portugal. I have no doubt. But until then, we need to think about how where we live facilitates our work and our life. And I think that's something that I'd forgotten. Such a great lesson. So first we start off with you telling us lesson number one which was that you realized you were hibernating, which is probably down to the pandemic. Question uh, number two was I realized that I've got far too much stuff. Number three was that, what was number three? Work. <laughs> work, yes, you have to be, be careful. Don't don't just spend three days somewhere if you're working full time because you might end up spending those three days in your room. Uh, number four was the people in the environment in terms of what surrounds you can definitely affect how you feel. So those are the four main lessons. Any other mm-hmm. things to add? I think the other thing that was confirmed for us, because we've been talking about this probably since the summer, is how for us we have, when we have kind of a change in our life or a shift, or particularly when we want to do something and we can't make it happen, like remaining in Croatia for visa purposes, it's just not workable for us to stay continuously there is a grieving process that we tend to go through i think it's we've experienced when i've been made redundant i think you experienced it when you were bankrupt mm-hmm. we both experienced it after brexit mm-hmm. we experienced it when we had to leave here i think we definitely experienced going through the pandemic and it is it is a grieving process and i think for for us what's worked really well is that we recognize it we understand the stages we communicate and talk openly about what stage we think we're in and i just think that self-awareness makes the whole process slightly easier i mean it's it's still not a nice process to go through but it i think that self-awareness helps so if we take croatia for example just before you do um, for anyone who's not come across this five-stage grieving process will you just go through it well that's what i was going to do oh i'm sorry sorry carry on (laughs) so if we take croatia the five stages exactly that um, so the first stage is denial. So can you remember when denial. we were in denial about having to leave Croatia after 12 months? Yeah, we were talking about getting a visa here. We are talking about staying here. We were talking about hiding in the woodshed. <laughs> I think it was more that we were like, we'll make it happen. We'll find mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to Barbara or or someone else clever and we'll, we'll figure it out. They can't kick us out. They can't kick us out. We'll figure it out. Narrator, they can kick you out. They didn't figure it out. So that's denial. Second stage, anger. And I think we have experienced this. And I think we've also seen other people experience it for us, which is lovely. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what do you mean you can't stay? Why wouldn't you be able to? You're contributing to the economy and you're putting money back in and you're, why would people not want? And, and we felt it too. Why, why do they not want us? It mm-hmm. was anger. It was like, well, oh, well, fuck you then. If you don't mm-hmm. want us, we don't want you. We'll leave. Mm-hmm. And then stage three happens. Which is? Bargaining. 
And I think the point of bargaining for us was like, you saw a post from Sarah Dyson off of um, Expat in Croatia. And if you have any questions about living or working in Croatia, Sarah Dyson is the guru to look mm-hmm. at. ExpatCroatia.com, I think. I think so. If you just type in expats in Croatia, I think you're expat in. in Croatia. Type that into Google. It'll be the number one result. Yeah. In fact, type anything about Croatia, living in Croatia, and she'll go at number one. Yeah, absolutely. So I think you saw a post on maybe Instagram or Facebook mm-hmm. from Sarah saying something like, oh, you think you can't stay out continuously on the Nomad visa, but you can. We were mm-hmm. like, can we really? Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we're like, okay, well, well, yeah, well, let's, let's talk to Sarah and see what she says. And, and maybe if we do this, then we can stay. But what if we did that? And then we, and I think we did go through that bargaining mm-hmm. process of, well, well, what can we compromise to make it work? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the compromise was too big for us at the mm-hmm. time. So we moved on. On to bargaining. Are we on acceptance? Depression. Depression. Oh, yeah. Those blue days. That was probably January, February, was it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think, I mean, how did, how did, it, how did it affect you, the whole depression stage of leaving Croatia? I think I probably did it in a, I want to say typical male way, but that's probably not a cool thing to say in, in, in these times. But I did it in um, in like being angry and going, oh, I don't care. And oh, I just, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. I can live anywhere. But actually just going, this is shit. Um, and so I think gin time moved forward and forward by 20 minutes each day. Um, and then I'll just, I, in terms of work, I'd be like, oh, I don't want to do any work. I, that was the biggest. Do you know what? That was the biggest thing is I found myself going and doing two or three hours in the morning, the absolute necessary to get it done, and then just going and watching TV or something, well, not, you know, on your phone, like, you know, Netflix or whatever on your phone for the rest of the afternoon, pretending that I was doing stuff like the recycling or whatever, but I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like... What about you? Similar, like, alarm goes off. Oh, well, there's not much to get up for, so I might as well stay in bed mm. until nine. And just lack of motivation and just feeling a bit meh almost like you're just waiting to leave like there's no there's no point in getting excited about anything else because you're just gonna have to leave it so what's the point let's just sit and wallow Mm -hmm. um and yeah i think we both felt that and i think i think that's why when we went to Zagreb for a few days and got a bit of a taste of something different mm. and then the sniff of a possibility of something different, I think we just adventured the shit through our depression stage. We were yeah. like, let's just not, let's run away from home and be depressed somewhere else. Let's go be depressed in Dubrovnik because that looks cool. Or Korchula. Or Zada or Split. Mm-hmm. So I have a question then. So there's a fifth stage which I think is acceptance. Yes. Do you think we've hit that stage yet? I think I've hit that stage. Mm-hmm. And I think more so because when I came back, when, or when we came back, I think I was I was looking forward to coming home, in inverted commas. I was also a little bit anxious that it would feel, it would suck me back in again and I'd be, I'd feel sad again to have to leave it. And I must admit, and I love our house here, I absolutely love it. But it wasn't quite as shiny as I remembered mm. it being. 
And I think that's simply because not that it's not as shiny and not that history isn't as incredible as it is, but my mind had moved on. My mind was in acceptance. My mind has prepared myself that this chapter is coming to an end and you're ready. That's, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think we're, um, yeah, we, we're no longer angry. We're no longer, I mean, it's, it's basically, we've. if you think about it, if you split up with someone, then you go through the first one, which is uh, denial. denial. So no, 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 we can get to, no, no, you say no, we no. We can make this work. Yep. And then bargaining is, well, what happens if I changed? Um, and the next one is depression. With anger first. Sorry, anger. And then that's, we've all been there. And then there's bargaining, you know, or if I change, then can we get back together? Then there's, there's, there's depression, you know, or life's not the same without him or her. Then there's the acceptance. And I feel that almost like with us going and cheating on Istria with other, <laughs> on Pula with other towns in Croatia, we've got it out of a system and we feel that, we feel that we respect Istria, but, and Pula and Medulin where we live, but we potentially might have accepted that we're going to leave, well, we have accepted we're going to leave in There are potentially bigger loves ahead of us. There is. And loved our time here, and we're in no way, in any way, shitting on Pula because it is such a great place. Medellin is the most amazing place. If you've never been, you should go. Um, uh, but, yeah, we we are ready for our next challenge. Mm-hmm. So, on that bombshell, <laughs> I've talked about it before. This, I can't say that. I'm sure it's trademarked. Um, <laughs> so, we have been talking, because we were in the car for probably around about 26 hours, all in all. Because mm-hmm. we, Fun fact, we drove from the top of Croatia down to the bottom of Croatia. And then we drove back halfway back up Croatia. Then we drove back down again. Then we got three ferries to an island. Then we got another two ferries back onto the mainland. Then we came back through. So basically, we've done probably about two and a half thousand kilometers, maybe 3,000 kilometers in three weeks. <laughs> so we spent a lot of time in the car together. Mm-hmm. So we have been talking about you guys. We've been talking about our podcast. And we've realized that we have been ta- we've been talking a lot about ourselves. We do seem to have done quite a lot of that, yeah. That, that's fine by us because we like listening to ourselves. Um, however, we think that we're going to, we, we alluded to this a couple of weeks ago, um, and we are going to start changing the format of this more to be how to answer your questions. So if, if you're listening to this and you have a question about how to live and work abroad, please, for God's sake, jump on your email or on Instagram. Email at sidewayslife at gmail.com. Instagram, search for a sideways life and DM us. Um, we're not on Twitter, are we? No, that's an angry place, Twitter. We don't need that vibe. <laughs> um, and then you probably do us on do us on Facebook. Don't, don't do us on Facebook. You probably find us on Facebook and messages on Facebook. But tell us your questions. We want to know because if you give us our questions, like, for example, the lovely lady from Austria. Would you remember Patricia, was it? Yes. And big thank you to Patricia who reached out and I spoke to a couple of weeks ago to Leanne, who's in Ireland as well. Um, we will come back to you those questions. As you may have heard, we've been a bit busy. Sorry. We will come back to you. Um, and also, I know I've known as well there's a couple of emails in our sideways um account from people who have lovely people who have reached out and want to be guests on the show which we asked for last time we will come back to you mm-hmm. we are still getting our shit together <laughs> after our unexpected journey so bear with us um but yes if you have questions i think tara as well um who we oh, yeah. reached out on instagram and wanted our 
um, top tips for Airbnb, which if you want that as well, let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, I know she has questions. Um, she hasn't sent them yet. She just said she has questions. Mm-hmm. Send the questions. What a cool episode that would be. We, we, yeah, we'll answer your questions rather than talk about our shit. Yeah, and tell us when you when you DM us or email us. Say, I heard you asking for questions on the on the podcast, uh, episode sixty nine. <laughs> um Then um, uh, <laughs> then send us across those questions because we'd love to answer them. Or if we don't know the answer, we will find someone who does. Indeed. Okay, I think that's probably us for now. Do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think that sounds good. What were we aiming for? 40 minutes? 40 minutes? And what, how many minutes have we been going? 39. Nice. Nailed this Nailed podcasting it. thing. Nailed it. Right, guys, we'll see you next week for the beginning of potentially a new era for episode 70, where we start making it more about you and less about us dickheads. Yeah. <laughs> I think that sums up, really. Bye for now. Bye.